In this question-filled episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, we get into tires. We talk about air filters and answer a few questions from the field, as well as your favorite segment, Taco Moto's Roost or Endo. So here's the show. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. It's Tuesday night. We answer motorcycle and motorcycle product-related questions live from Valley of the Dirt People where it's raining and so there's no dust, which is going to be awesome as soon as it stops raining and gets a little bit warmer. So welcome, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining in. This is our 170... 71st. 71st show. I should, probably, I should probably look right here where it tells me this. <laughs> Actually, uh, Matt, I was going to uh, – well, my name is Jimmy Lewis. I'm a washed-up ex-motorcycle racer, former motorcycle journalist. Now I just uh, talk about dirt bikes for two hours every week on this particular channel. The best-produced podcast And from Matt uh, likes to claim that this is the best-produced podcast uh, in Pahrump. In Pahrump. Yeah. That's on right now. Yes. Uh, that we talk about motorcycles at. Correct. Well, I actually was, you know, doing my research for the the show, and I decided, like, I'm going to do it different, So, which means I'm not going to do any research. Mm-hmm. And I went to this thing, This you're probably aware of it, Chat GDP. Is that what they call it? Uh, I'm not aware of anything. It's, it's like artificial that. intelligence, basically. Oh, okay. it's, a, it's an artificial intelligence that it's, has uh, scanned all of the uh, text on the entire internet, mm-hmm. um, any any writing on the internet, things like this. And uh, you you ask it a question, and it gives you an answer, a full artificial intelligence answer, and it answers mm-hmm. just like. So I said, um, "Can you write me a script for Tech Talk Taco Tuesday?" And in three seconds, it gave me a script for the whole show. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, how, how it was pretty amazing. What was oh, it? completely accurate. It says, it says, let me read it here. Hold on. It's, uh, it says, um, um, <laughs> um, Husaberg 570, um, dirt bikes. Yeah, that was it. That, that's, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, got it, it pegged us. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So if you're, you know... You have to wait in line to use this now because it, it, people are going to make millions on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that my job is done because all you have to do is say, write me a test of and just say the name of the, the motorcycle mm-hmm. and it'll, it'll, it'll write the test for you in your voice. Yeah, yeah. Or it, you you could have it do it in someone else's voice too. You could you could ask it this. Well, it, it can do that, but it won't necessarily be the most accurate. I mean, it can't. It can't ride the bike for you. Neither can most of the journalists that are testing the bikes. Oh, well, okay. So, so <laughs> what's the what's the difference? Right, right. It's going to have a bigger social media following than me. So I've been my job has been eliminated, which is the the goal of artificial intelligence is to eliminate every job, and then uh, we just sit around in a recliner and watch artificially intelligent created um, content. And so, if you think, well, that's good. I can just sit around and do nothing because now artificial intelligence does it all for me. Think about this because I do listen to some podcasts about this kind of stuff. You know, what you're watching on the screen and what you're hearing 
through your ears and all this stuff is just mm-hmm. it's just digitized. Everything is now digitized, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So since it's just digitizing and assemb- assembling you know pixels and things like this mm-hmm. art is they it can make infinite art yeah because they say oh well artificial intelligence will never be an artist oh yeah it will yeah it'll be an infinite artist it'll do everything and it can now it can you know scour the internet and, and, and it, it learns exponentially so it's just getting started mm-hmm. and it'll 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 start doing this so i'm wondering uh you know so it can do this now like you say well, well what if we want to go race motorcycles well it can make any motorcycle race it could just digitize it and make all the noises for you mm-hmm. and it can have any outcome that you want or it can predict the outcome that you would like to see how's that yeah yeah you can do that and you can do that doesn't right. mean it actually happened though there are people watching marbles race around tracks as if it's formula one yeah on youtube right now there's way more people watching marbles yeah race around like a a, a track than there are watching this mm-hmm. so that that's well, just well you know why right because this because this sucks no okay. i would say uh uh i would say more people have experience with marbles marbles are very easy to relate to Mm-hmm. And there is that, and if you don't know anything about racing, you don't know anything about motorcycles. It's very simple to watch something that you know you've been around growing up, which is a marble, and right. you just pick one. And you're like, oh, there you go. You can you can watch that race. Whereas like motorcycles, not a lot of people have ridden motorcycles. Not a lot of people have even touched a motorcycle. You know, as far as like sitting on it and right. twisting the throttle and everything. So I would I would say that's why the marbles beats us is because. We're a lot more niche than a marble. Mm-hmm. But just think about your life that you're mm-hmm. now you're now just gonna you're you're excited by a marble rolling around. And this is this is the problem yeah. with what a lot of people are doing. This is why people need to get out and ride some dirt bikes. Well, is because it the the if I if if I like was excited by a marble rolling around. I, I might be. They might might have some special needs at that point. Uh-huh. But you know, you get get out and get out and do stuff. So, anyways, this oh, show you be Tech Talk Taco things. Tuesday one seventy one is brought to you by Yamaha, Taco Moto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, makers of the Flex Handlebars. I'm still, man, I love them on my mountain bike. Seat uh, Concepts. Bulletproof designs and double take mirrors. So, uh, if you can support any of those companies, they support us. They help us come here. And Harmic ninety eight has a question. Two thousand one RM two fifty forks need rebuild. Do it myself or take it to a shop? It really depends on what kind of tools you have. Uh, forks. Oh one, it's going to be a cartridge. It's. Uh, it's not too complicated. I don't remember specifically which one that is. I'm pretty sure the Showa. But when you – it depends on the tools you have or how you can kind of rig stuff because when – you know, sometimes having an impact driver can help break the the, the cartridge rod loose from the fork lower. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to have some thin wrenches sometime to, to slide into some of the things. 
but it really if it if it needs a rebuild as in just fork seals not too difficult if you're going to go inside the cartridges and stuff like that that's where you'd want to take it to a shop and by shop i'm hoping you mean suspension tuner uh i wouldn't take it to like the suzuki shop because their mechanics there are probably as good as i am at you know, doing the forks means they can get it done. But a suspension guy works on this stuff all day long. They know where to get the right parts um, sourced probably through the aftermarket as opposed to trying to order stuff, you know, off the parts fish, which means, you know, time and stuff like that. And a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the parts are pretty standard parts that they're, they, and they know what wears and what doesn't wear and they can get it done. So if it, like I said, if it's just a, a fork seal, um, do that if it needs something a little bit, you know, and usually when a fork seal goes out, there's a nick or there's some dirt or something, some debris. So yeah, it just depends on how advanced you are on doing this kind of stuff. So Mark has fish. Mark Daniels is there with fish. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Eric Featherston too. So, hey, I'm kind of curious, everybody that's in the chat and are watching this, where is everybody from? Uh, that's I'm always curious to see where stuff is. I see some of your stage names, and, and I don't recognize you. So uh, what are we talking about, marbles? Yeah, well, yeah, what else would you talk about on a motorcycle podcast? Well, maybe we lost them. The mar- or lost our marbles? Yeah, yeah. It could be. It, it could be true. <laughs> so C-March, if you have a if you have a real question and you have some curiosities about motorcycles and motorcycle-related products, we can answer all of those. Uh, and Speed Toad is impatiently waiting for the Seat Concepts hotline. Oh. Well, he's a- Yeah, you're, it's, you got it for you. 775-318-5515 is the number. It's the same number all the time. And if you call this when you're not listening live – um, leave a voicemail. Yeah, just leave a voicemail, and we'll get back to it and try to uh, answer that. So, wow, so Indio, cool to... Salt Lake City, past Ohio. Yeah, we got we got some Savannah's dad. Oh, Speed Toads, uh, Savannah's dad oh. with the uh, lightly lightly broken in YZ250 frame. That's true, and he's still watching after I. I made fun of his body position over the jump. Hey, it's so speed toad. What I want to know is in that, in that picture, was that, was that the seat bounce? Was that what was happening there? I'm just kind of curious. Cause we pick, uh, we, I take pride in being able to pick that stuff apart. Okay. What was that question? We just lost. So Roger Eddington, do you or anyone, you know, have experience with Mr. Wolf's tire balls? What I like about them is they're not specific to any tire size and he's from Southwest Utah. Um, I don't have any experience with those. Uh, I did have some experience with the tire balls that um, Scott Summers' dad used to seem like he sold them somehow. And they they never really took off on the motorcycle side of things, I think, because they were a little inconsistent. I mean, if you knew how to set them up, you could figure out how to set them up. Installing them was uh, uh, another thing. But they didn't definitely didn't do good at high speed. And then when when one started, you know, when you started having when you had a problem with one of them, they started getting catastrophic. Like they really started uh, falling apart. Uh, I know that a lot of quad guys run those things. Um, they run 
I, I think that most of the quad guys, at least I know the desert guys have switched over to these things called wedges, which are essentially like foam pieces and moose things. But no, I don't have a whole lot of experience with those. So can't, uh, can't help you. 775-318-5515 is our Seat Concepts Hot Seat Hotline. Colin, thanks to Seat Concepts for sponsoring that. Uh, if you are looking for a really comfortable seat for your motorcycle or a really good-looking race seat, um, a great seat for adventure bike, lower seats, uh, not Jimmy Lewis approved, by the way, the lower seat. Oh, uh, it isn't. No, never. No, not really. Um, if you need it, you need it. Um, but mm. I've found that I don't, I don't really like riding with my feet on the ground. So that's not a priority. Yeah. I, you like the I, taller seats, right? I have short legs. I have a 29 inch, maybe a 30 inch inseam and I run tall seats on, on, Certain bikes. If I'm riding extreme enduro, I run a standard seat, and I've tried a lower seat before. It doesn't 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 help. I've I've run a a, a dish seat or a cut seat mm-hmm. on motocross bikes to get me farther forward and to to you know to teach me to sit in the front of the seat. But I've never run a run a, a low seat for for any. I've run a seat that was cut in the back, but that was mm-hmm. on a bike that kind of had a, a thicker seat back in the day. So. Uh, yeah, got a lot of people out there. Seems like then, mostly the western side. Glenn Williams, good to see you. Um, he'll probably be out at the uh, King of the Hammers <laughs> doing King of the Moto stuff. So so let's uh, bring in our caller here. All right, you're live on hey, air. Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Matt. Hey, how's it going? This is Todd from Minnesota. Hey, Todd, how's Last it going? Last week's winner of Rooster Endo. Oh, awesome. Yeah, with an awesome bike. Thank you. I'm also Savannah's dad. Right. I'm also Theodore's dad. And thanks, Jimmy, for voting for his TTR 125 to win Rooster Endo. And oh, you, you, too bad that Matt voted against it. Right. Yeah. So you you guys you guys were going for a trifecta. You wanted the whole family to have uh, Rooster Endo awards. Did we lose him? Oh, I can't hear you, Jimmy. Oh. I can I can hear Matt, but Jimmy sounds like he's in the other room. I do. Uh, well, my microphone seems to be working here. Oh, Matt that should not be working. So, so remember how Matt was just uh, bragging about how he's the best producer and he's all the technical. Is is that not working? Well, Good, I'll, I'll get a microphone. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, that, I can hear Matt. Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe we're. It's, you know what? He's probably hearing us through the phone. No. 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 That's not no. what's happening. I, yeah. <laughs> I can hear you now. I can hear you better oh. now, Jimmy. Oh, you can now. Cuz I yeah. cuz I stole yeah. I stole a different microphone. This is this is how the show works. Now we've got echoing. How's it? How's that? It's Matt, the greatest producer. Right. So, I was I was curious. So you you're you're going for the family trifecta winning all uh th- three different uh Takomoto Rooster Endo awards, correct? <laughs> and then Matt hey. Matt sabotaged it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mike at Taco uh, Moto, what is it? Taco Moto. Uh, Taco Moto. He was generous. Yep. Yeah. So we're happy. So do you pick on your son since he's the only loser in the house? <laughs> no, no. He. Uh, we told him that Jimmy's opinion was the only one that matters. Oh, and good. he doesn't care because, yeah, motorcycle parts. That's like a like a free thing that he gets. Like Dad just lavishes that when he needs them so it doesn't matter where it comes from right it just it just yeah, it just his, magically appear yeah his bike magically always works right 
Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so well, it's the, a TTR, so of course it does. Well, yeah, they'll, they'll ra- rarely ever break. So my, so my next, my other question is: so when we when we saw your photo, we were talking about like whether it was a whether it was a seat bounce or a hard heart. You're having a hard time standing up. What was were we right on that? That was not. That is me. I think uh, coming up short, and then when you're when you're jumping through the air and you're not going far enough, if you rev the throttle. Right. You're just kind of praying that you'll go farther and that it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, also it would, would, that no, no traction. Yeah, yeah, no traction. That janky indoor arena that we're at, you know, you, you come around the corner and like right away there's a jump. So you're always just, but I got to work on that regrip. I know that, but. Uh, oh, regrip with the, because your, yeah, your elbows were, yeah, your wrists were kind of down and everything. Oh, that's all the kind of stuff yeah, we, yeah. we we teach in our uh, off road riding school. By the way, uh, we yeah. So I, I just announced some new dates in a newsletter. So if uh, if you're looking to get into the class, uh, I think. Well, no, you, you'd have to email me. Maybe I could send you a newsletter, but uh, we are we're going to start filming our regular class, our not our beginner class here in the very near future. So. Um, yeah, it'll be. so so you people in Minnesota, you people where it's cold and you have lots of lakes and they're frozen, right? Right, right. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah. We're, Three we're, feet of snow. Yeah, we're complaining because it's a little bit cold out here today. So <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. Hey, and if you're stuck someplace in the weather and, uh, uh, yeah, tough it out. Be careful. <laughs> Don't do anything crazy. So um, we put metal studs in our tires. Yes, I think someone sent a picture for Rooster Endo with some gnarly studs. Yeah. Oh, that that gets a vote. That gets expensive. It's my vote. The the studs are expensive. <laughs> so hey, so I got I got a thing for you. So I have a little bit of a oh, so um, I bought some flex bars for my DRZ that you don't like from Taco Mike. Okay. At Taco Moto. So uh, I love those things, though. I have bad elbows, those flex bars. I can ride three, four days in a row with those flex bars. If I don't have them, I'm done after a few hours. I'm I'm exactly the same yeah. way. Uh, I yeah. I can if I if like we were out testing um, some Hondas a couple weeks ago, and we kind of had to ride two days in a row, and on the second day I was I was in pain, and I I just kind of forget about it. Because all my bikes have the flex bars on, but every once in a while I'll ride something that doesn't, and then I I really notice it. So yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for the shout out. I'm no Cole. Um, those guys, man, when they first started, you wouldn't believe the the resistance there was uh, in, especially the motocross side of things, because the bars are a little bit heavier, and everybody's like, yeah, right. And and I kind of was, in all honesty, in my head, I was sort of the same way, but I really did give them a try, and rode with them and I was probably one of the first, you know, early adapters to, to those bars. And I don't, I don't even know if at that time my wrists were really that bad. I don't, I don't remember exactly. I'd have to ask him, um, when they, when they introduced those things, but it's been a long time ago. So, well, awesome. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for calling in and, uh, yeah. Good luck. You, I'm gonna go to do, bed. Do, do, do you have? Do you have I, any? Do you, have, to you. do you have any other children? Uh, I have an older daughter 
that uh, it's 2018 Enduro champion, but now she says the dirt biking is too hard and too much work. So oh, okay, I was saying 17 I was, now. I was saying when are we gonna expect the next <laughs> the next submission. <laughs> so. Well, right on. Tell her to toughen up, well, and, uh, and uh, we'll see her back out in the trail, right? <laughs> All right. I'm going to finish the show tomorrow at work, so. Awesome. Don't get in trouble. <laughs> I, <laughs> thank you. I just okay. wanted to call in. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye. Okay. Get my mic back there, Matt. Yep. Um, so did you figure out what the problem was? No. No. Okay. I got lost in the sauce that is the wires underneath this table. Okay. Well, so, so we we they we're going to add that to the list of things that need to get checked because uh what about yeah. lowered foot pegs versus a tall seat? So who asked that question? I can't see on the thing. Uh, I think that was actually Seamarsh. Was that Todd? Um no, so, well Speed Toad I think is Speed Toad is Yeah, yeah. So Seamarsh, okay. you know, these weird names. So when you lower the foot pegs which which I actually do on some of my adventure bikes. I'll lower them or move them back a little bit. It it really if you want to talk about changing the handling of the motorcycle, that is pretty dramatic. Um, and so so I when there's the the foot pegs are pretty critical in that, and because I do a lot of the steering and controlling the motorcycle with the foot pegs, I really notice it. And when you when they start getting down a little bit low, not only do they connect with more stuff on the ground a little bit easier uh do they dig in if you're leaning it over uh they also can make the bike kind of feel sluggish in the handling like the like the the taller the higher up the foot pegs are the 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 more the more uh like the more twitchy the bike can get and when they kind of start coming down or back it actually it actually kind of slows or you know it can it can stabilize the bike a little bit but uh that's the thing so the so the the tall seat versus a tall seat um yeah i, I would i would rather kind of raise myself I mean, and then and then it really depends on the bike like on my standard dirt bikes i don't really run tall seats unless they're sort of like dual sport ish and i'm trying to get a little more comfort in the seat rally type of a bike and then um so yeah it's it's a it's a I'd rather just go to the seat, you know, raise the seat up and stuff. So, um, so Dave is going to hit some dunes on Matt's old bike. So does it work still? <laughs> I haven't heard any complaints from Dave. <laughs> right. Uh, hey, that, uh, that bike's fun. And the, uh, and those dunes too. Yeah. Well, it's kind of fun anywhere. Yeah. Is it supposed to be, is it supposed to be sunny tomorrow? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't I'm really be in, in Vegas in my in my upstairs office with two big windows. Oh, good. It's also called my bedroom. Okay, yeah. So it's it's not a it's not an office. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> so Jason Abbott is out there. What is Jason? Jason, what are you doing? I know you're doing. I thought you were doing a new job. Interested. Dilly Dilly eight twenty six says. 2001 KX500 build keeps stock forks, or do you think it's worth the money to upgrade the front end to modern forks? Remember when you were listening to the the rough edit of the KLR650 video, and I kind of and I kind of said, "Look, this bike is what it is, Mm -hmm. and don't try to make it into something it's not." Yeah. So there are a couple people I've seen that have done like they've taken the KX500 
with this, you know, it's in the, in the stock frame and then throwing really good suspension on it. And the ones that are on the internet that like to show you the pictures of it, talk about how bitching it is. Oh, it's awesome. Look, I got a kit this and that, that, and all the other stuff. And the guys that I know that really know a lot about bikes that mm-hmm. did something like that said, man, it just shows you how crappy that chassis really is <laughs> and how flexy and wallowy it really is. So it's up to you. Uh, I would I would honestly, the, the stock forks are really not that bad. They can be they can be brought up to a pretty decent standard. Um, you know, just they they aren't there. There was pretty big evolution, like from from the two thousand about two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. There were some big changes. Um, just they just learned some things, and so there's some good components that you could get and put inside uh, that thing. But I wouldn't actually go to modern forks because the the the, cha- the 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 modern forks are kind of designed around the modern chassis and they're two kind of different things. So, and, and I, I would, I would be wrong if I told you, I remembered exactly whether that fork would be stiffer or, or more flexy than a modern one. I kind of think they're, it, it's actually different just the way that they've, they've got them set up. But, uh, I would just try to have them set up. I mean, there's, you know, I've rode some pretty good working KX 500s as a whole, you know, back then, mm-hmm. and and I've, I, I'm trying to think if I've ridden a KX500 that had good stuff on it, and I don't think I have. I've done it with, like, XR650s and XR600s and some Hondas that, you know, from that era that had some good stuff put on them, and it was like, it just shows the, it just shows the weakness in the chassis and stuff. Next question. Okay. This is question roulette. I like this. Yeah, this is awesome. We glad want you this. guys are uh, glad you guys are asking all these questions. We want this engagement. So Adam Decaria, please correct me if I got that wrong. Decaria. EXE slash FEs versus an XCFW slash FE with a street legal kit. Best option for longer rides BDR to complement my TX three hundred. So EXC versus XCF. And then so in the Husky version. So the mm-hmm. Husky, the the big thing about the KTM EXC is it's, it has PDS, linkageless rear suspension. All the other bikes that in this group that you're talking about have a shock linkage. And so in my world, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing in the, in the, in the design of the bikes. When you go from like the, 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 the street legal or the emissions compliant bike to the full on race bike. If you're really looking all about motor, you just have to take the EXC and push it aside because you're not going to get PDS unless you want to spend a lot of money on the motor, go with the competition bikes because then you're starting with a bike. That's it's essentially a race bike and you don't have to worry about D anything. The bike it's, it's got a good strong motor. It makes all the horsepower it revs like it's supposed to. So it's it's kind of like what you want. I prefer the power that the corked up bike has for doing longer rides, BDR rides. They're quieter, they're smoother, the they go plenty fast. I mean, I still have the reeds in the 500s I've been riding around. So um you already have a TX300, which is a which is basically a race bike and 
it's 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 kind of like if you're going between KTM and Husky on the other two, I I would always go with the street legal ish one, and I would go with the I would go. I mean, personally, I would go with the KTM with the PDS. So that's the uh, that's the question there. Um, when you start in the the thing is in the XCF, your gearbox ratio is also you know the 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 more competition when the gearbox ratio is a little bit tighter as well. So. Yes. Okay. So, Seamarsh uh, was curious if you think that moto tires could take some cues from mountain bike world. I've wondered why dirt bikes, especially front tires, don't resemble mountain bike tires with directional knobs, etc. Oh, not to pump one of uh, our school's personal sponsors, but have you seen the Kenda Parker DT, <laughs> the tire that I've <laughs> run all the time on all my bikes? And the more I run that thing, even in soft soft conditions, the more I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people think I'm crazy, but the, the, uh, then again, I I'm I'm picky, and I and I always run it in the hard direction. Um, so the uh, number one is the reason I don't resemble the mountain bike tires is I, I I honestly this is what I honestly think is that motorcycle. People in general are super reluctant to change or to try anything different. So if it doesn't look like that Dunlop tire or that Bridgestone tire or that Michelin tire that everybody is super familiar with, you know, the big kind of the bigger brands. And and it just nobody will even nobody will even try it unless it's it costs like ten dollars. And notice mountain bike tires don't cost like ten dollars. Mountain bike tires mm-hmm. cost much more than than uh, motorcycle tires in my in my experience, mm-hmm. so uh, I don't and and they seem like they they seem like the mountain bike tires they they can do like a small batch run or they can try it for a little while if it doesn't work they can change it and, and everybody's happy and they they don't they don't complain like when Dunlop discontinued like a, a seven thirty nine people were just up in arms and they 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 couldn't I I've met people who still talk about that tire yeah yeah. I have I actually I was pulling some tires off the rack the other day. I have a, a 739EN, which I think is a works enduro cross tire. Uh so it's a super gummy one. Because uh-huh. they had they have a AT eighty one EX, I think, and it was kind of like something that was um we were comparing or want somebody wanted me to compare. I just never did it. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah. So I think I think that the mountain bike industry is kind of a little more accepting of kind of different or unique or, or, or change change. You know, yeah. they'll allow change and they're actually not. They'll they'll try. It seems like they must. People must try it, or they're willing to let the kind of customers see if something kind of comes out and works. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and we're on the motorcycle side. I don't really I don't really see that. I, I'm I'm surprised by the. I'm I'm surprised that. People kind of get stuck in a rut with the tires that they constantly use, and they don't try different. They don't try different things, you know, over a period of time to find out what they really like. Because mm-hmm. every once in a while, you know, I'll have somebody hop on one of my bikes and ride it, and they'll go, "Wow, you know, you know," they'll they'll notice something about it, and whether it's mm-hmm. the tires or it's the suspension or the bars, and they'll say, "I, I really like that," or "I really, I didn't, I absolutely didn't like that." Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's testing. Well, I mean, we, yeah, I would uh, if. People in the industry seem to be resistant to change. I think that's why they don't try different tires. Yeah. It's just that resistance. They don't want to go away from what they don't know. Uh, I think I remember some somewhere I heard something about Jeremy McGrath would always run like the same, like a really similar setup. Like if he didn't like what the bike was doing, they'd go back to that setup. 
uh, like in tires and stuff like that, just so they that if it wasn't best, they knew what it was going to do. So that's, I think that's why people like sticking with that one tire is they know what it's going to do. That's that that's the right thing to do. That's the mm-hmm. way. That's the that's the way of te- even when you're just testing stuff, you're not racing. Yeah. You're just testing stuff. You always go back to kind of a known or a standard, and then. Because sometimes you just you, you get off in the weeds, you know. You keep mm-hmm. changing stuff, and then it's like, where am I? And the best way to test is with have a, have a, like a baseline, a stock a stock bike. Like I always try to keep two bikes that are kind of basically really similar in stock, and then I can kind of throw something on one mm-hmm. and 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 try you know try do do as much back to back with with that you know to, to testing. But it's you know that that's. Give it a, you know, the, the tire, the, I always say tires are cheap. And if you put it on and you don't like it, take it right back off. If you know, I don't like this, take it right back off and sell it to your buddy for cheap and get another one. And you don't, you don't really, you don't really lose out. You don't have to wear that sucker all the way out. Right. I take tires off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I always want to take them off of test bikes and put what I'm used to on there, you know, because I, I, I know the tires for me is the first it's the initial part of the suspension that's that's the the biggest thing that that i feel right away i mean mm-hmm. before it even comes attraction i'm kind of feeling the suspension aspect of it and then it's like okay i want to adjust the pressure let's let's take that as much out of the equation so i can do everything else so, so not to beat a dead horse here but actually that that point bring uh, brings me up to another question is if a bike's like sliding all over the place or it's doing something that you don't want it to do in a corner or just general handling stuff, how do you differentiate between, okay, this is the tires or, okay, this is just the chassis, uh, and the suspension setup. That's a really good question. (laughs) It's a lot of it comes down to just experience, just knowing, you know, what, what is causing. So number one, it's, it, it, when when something doesn't feel right, uh, traction wise or handling wise or something, the first thing I always go to is ch- check the tire pressure, make sure mm-hmm. the tire pressure is right, or at least in the in the range. Yeah, and especially when we're t- t- trying new bikes and stuff like that at introductions with lots of bikes and stuff, it's always the tire pressure. <laughs> you know, because sometimes they'll set it first thing in the morning, it'll heat up, or you know, or they'll 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 have it a little bit high because they don't want anybody to get flat tires, and and you know, you feel this. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, you you it, it at some point, you know, make sure the pressure. That's it's it's eighty percent of the time is the pressure. It's not really a tire, and then and you just start riding, it and then you start feeling okay if you're familiar with you know, the location and just something's completely off, maybe that is the tire or, and then, and then you do something where you're not pushing the traction of the tire, you're, you're doing something where you're actually feeling just the suspension action. Mm -hmm. So instead of really, you know, like loading the tire in a turn and complaining, okay, it's the tire, but usually the tire, it's, it's more like a wallow kind of feel as opposed to the way that the that the suspension is moving. I mean, okay. cause sometimes if it's, if it's like the suspension or the geometry of the bike, well, suspension, you can, you know, you can push the, the, the suspension into the turn, you know, mm-hmm. settle it into the turn more, or, you know, kind of lighten up on it or, you know, load the front of the bike, load the rear of the bike, uh-huh. make it, make a sag adjustment or something yeah, uh, to, to change the attitude of the bike. And then, and then by kind of trying one thing or another thing, you'll sort of de facto, you know, work your way into it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of, you'll eliminate, eliminate things. Okay. 
what what like a gross oversimplification of what you just said is like if it's the tire, you can get some of that more of that side to side. Like say you're in a turn and the rear end's kind of getting some of that side to side, like trying to slide out from underneath you, that could be the tire. But if you're getting more up and down response, like mm, vertical. No, it wouldn't it wouldn't have to do with like the axis that it's that the that the tire or whatever is mm-hmm. working on. It would it's just more of you know, you know, you could, you could, like I said, if if it felt like the tire is a little wallowy, you could just add some air to it. You know, and that that might that, and if it goes away when you do that, it's like okay, but now it's harsh. Okay, uh-huh. now can we tune the suspension to get that feeling back right. or forth? So, it's yeah. it's kind of give or take. Like like a lot of times, you know, just when we're just talking straight suspension, people go, yeah, my suspension feels too harsh, and it's like we'll stiffen it up because it's harsh because it's riding down on the stroke. This is generally when I'm talking to someone's a bigger person mm-hmm. that's riding stock springs. And it's yeah. like, well, stiffen it up a little bit. It'll get plusher. I'm like, oh, I don't want to stiffen it up. I'm like, no, you're, what you're really trying to do is hold it up, not really mm-hmm. stiffen it up. And it holds it up. They go, wow, that really worked. And Which is counterintuitive, stiffen it up to soften it. Mm-hmm. But some, you know, sometimes you got to play with this, play with these kind of things. Right. So, so uh, we missed a few questions. So Jason Abbott. Oh, he's over at a BRP Can-Am. Oh, Three-wheeled three vehicles and new electric motorcycles. Oh, speaking. Hey, you know what? I've seen pictures of Starks in the United States. Oh, really? Yeah. So all that shit that I gave them last week for the bikes not never. You know, I I said they will show up. They'll they'll come. And evidently, there's pictures of people with them. I haven't seen any posts of anybody riding them, or mm-hmm. I don't know. But it looked like they were in. Some United States dealerships. I, I saw two different pictures of people sitting on or standing next to or whatever. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they. I like I said, I'm not a poo pooer. I just there was a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Your, your your whole gripe was never with that. It was electric bike. Your gripe no nope, has nothing to do with electric it was bike. The how they're handling the press releases, how yeah, they're they trying just, to launch it, and everything. Yeah, it's, it's it's the way over promising. It's well. Promising too much. They, they they promised a lot. I don't want to call it over promising until they deliver. First, they have to deliver a bike, and then when they deliver a bike, mm-hmm. and it makes quote eighty horsepower, and it charges up in one hour, and it runs for one hour. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't they already I, promise I, something in the end of twenty two? I'm going to back off. Uh, it was supposed to be here at the end of end of twenty one in October, so they're they're like a year a year and a few months late technically, mm-hmm. but so. Um, so See, so we had some people talking about uh, mountain the bike tires. Mountain bike tires with the low rolling resistance. Yeah, that's definitely something they do, the way that they cut the knobs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So what on the motorcycle with the sh- different shapes and stuff, it, it, it doesn't – it's funny. It doesn't make as big a difference as some people would like to believe. Uh, I mean, I've ridden some pretty weird designs, and you'd be surprised that, that it didn't make a big difference because there was the same kind of carcass and same rubber and two completely different tread, tread patterns, and the mm-hmm. tires were amazingly similar. And and then, and, you know, it was just an early prototype test on something. It's like, hey, how is this going to work? And it's like it was surprising how how much the carcass and, and then the, the compound over the over the actual shape of the knobs. And I find that the shape of the knobs uh, really, um, it's, for me, the biggest thing is like stability under braking is what the, what the knobs tend to tend to do. Mm-hmm. So, and then, and then like the, the way that they're like, um, like Seamarsh is saying, uh, the shouldered side knobs and the, 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 on the front 
actually on both the front and rear make a big difference in how they you know how the how the how the bike performs in corners and different kind you know whether you're sliding it or or if there's bumps in the corner it it, it makes a big difference there's a lot of i mean all that stuff that that when you go to a tire introduction and they talk about all these different things how they you know the different structures that they use it's, it, you know for the side knobs and things it it does make a difference and it's having having tried this stuff it's pretty cool i mean you can you can do a, you can do a lot with it but we've seen the standard i mean the, all the tires out there now are kind of they're doing they've they've all kind of gravitated in one direction and they're a good thing and i don't i don't know if there's anything radical that's out there that's that's they can do i mean some of the the mountain bike stuff was crazy you know the center the centers were like they they made the knobs really small in the centers and hmm. and so there was just rolling resistance so yeah huh, that's cool it goes uh chris real says getting back to basics is a great baseline method in determining of progress. <laughs> this is yeah. true. Yeah, very true. Um, With anything. And our hybrid gummies like trials tires a fad. This is the so this is the one thing I was gonna say about tires. I'm surprised at how many people adopted or you know went to the to the softer gummy tires. Mm-hmm. I because they do wear pretty quick and I would I would always think that people wouldn't but they work, and they work good for sticking on stuff and getting traction where ordinarily you wouldn't. But they wear quickly, and the number the other the other thing that's that's uh, is a lot of them tend to make the bike handle horrible. <laughs> so, so I'm seeing this thing like, okay, people don't care about the handling; they care about the traction, you know, because it, it lets them get away with stuff. I, like I watch. It will actually no. I, I ride on some stuff that used to be difficult, and on a gummy tire, it becomes easy. Hmm. So you know, just like especially rocks. Yeah, yeah. So and then and then the really good ones that are made with the really good rubber compounds and stuff stick on wet things quite well, which is amazing. No, trials, trials, techni- technology. Mm-hmm. All right. So Jake May, would all those fine cuts on much taller knobs wear off pretty quick and be really loose feeling if they were full depth? So the he's basically talking about kind of like siping, I think. And so the one tire I run quite a bit is the Kenda Equilibrium, which is a kind of a we'll call it a hybrid trials tire. It's a trials tire with slightly wider spacing mm-hmm. on a on a you know on a kind of a softer carcass, but the the knobs won't fly off. They're they're really good at doing like durability, and those last a long time. I'm really surprised at how for a soft tire how long the siping and stuff stays stays on there but if if you cut the 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 siping much deeper it goes from adding traction to adding wallow mm-hmm. and 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 I don't know that it even adds extra traction cuz it feels like the knobs kind of like instead of instead of biting they tend to lay down or or roll over or something so I don't uh I know, I know some of the guys in the enduro crosses and stuff were cutting, were slicing the, the knobs, kind of filleting them down like that. Uh, but I don't know how that, I don't know how that worked. I haven't, I haven't been doing an enduro cross for a while to see what the, the latest tricks are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably should go to one of those one of these days. And what does Seymour say? Uh, you can buy the same tire in multiple compounds and carcass stiffness as well 
is as well is a big difference if uh, is you can tune the tire how you ride, but with the same tread. Um, is that a, is that a mountain bike thing or is this a is as I don't know of too My, many I don't know of too many. I'm assuming a mountain bike thing. Motocross tires, yeah, that you can buy with different compounds. I know you know. Yeah, factory teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have different have different compounds. That's what you know, when you hear about these works tires and stuff, mm-hmm. they're different. A lot of stuff. Mostly they're mostly for lightweight. You know, they do a lot of stuff to make them lighter. Uh, but they're also kind of tuned for different riders have different preferences on compounds. But mm-hmm. I think works tires are getting harder and harder to come by because they are really, really expensive to manufacture. So I'd like to take a second to thank Trail Tech, for being a sponsor of this show. Trail Tech makes the Voyager Pro GPS, as well as a lot of neat, neat little digital gauges and kickstands and fan kits. A lot of their stuff is plug and play, which is really nice, especially if your bike doesn't have a fan and you're getting it hot because you're using the clutch too much. That's why your bike gets hot. Uh, check out Trail Tech for those items. That's trailtech.net. If you're wondering, so okay, yeah, mountain bike tires. He was talking about, so that's all all good. Uh, let's hit, head to our questions on the sheets here. Yeah. So we'll go with uh, Ruben, and this one might take a while. This might take us to commercial break. So Ruben Brower, who also has submitted a bike for Rooster Endo, so he wanted he gave us some extra context for his questions. Uh, I'm a 42 year old carpenter, six four, 215 pounds. I'd say I'm an average rider at best. I will be mostly dual sporting the bike as with some uh, my bike with some camping trips, single track mi- and single track mixed in. I'm also excited because I signed up for my first rally this spring on Vancouver Island, and this leads to his questions. And then his bike was a 500, uh, six, 2016 KTM 500 EXC. So he, his first question: I'm using the winter to scour the internet's for tight for t- uh, tower slash light options. Uh, what's the thoughts on frame versus fork mounted units? I realized adding weight to the forks isn't ideal, but is it overlaid uh, detrimental? So overly he, detrimental. So he's talking about like a, a rally tower type of thing. Mm-hmm. And he's, when he talks about adding to the forks, um, it's, it's putting it on the steering, you know, so it, it, it moves with the handlebars. So it's not really adding it to the forks. It's adding it to the steering. I mean, no matter where you put that weight up there, it's adding it to the forks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you when you mount it to the bars, then that weight is also turning with the handlebars. So it kind of depends on on what you're what you're going for. How you know if you're going to leave it on full time, make it take it off. All of my bikes that we use that I use for doing rally training that I loan to guys that are doing stuff when they're out here, we are just bolting on a um, tower type thing onto the handlebars. So not really, it's not even a tower. It's just, it's essentially a, a Ram ball mount and a, an iPad is all that's going on there. So we're still running the stock headlight. The only real uh, difficulty, and I'm kind of just careful about how I route it, is the is making sure that the front brake doesn't, the front brake line under full compression doesn't come up over top and grab the, grab the, the um, iPad thing and pull it down, but generally you can kind of set it up so that fork so that the brake line comes up and just deflects forward and it can't get over the top. So I just go for simplicity there. When you start adding the frame mounted stuff, um, it's funny. 
because the bike takes on a little bit of a different characteristic because now all of a sudden you have when when the back end of the bike <laughs> goes one direction the, yeah. the 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 tower moves in front of you and so it's it's an awkward sensation for some people most people that have ridden a dirt bike for a long time it freaks them out the first time they're riding kind of a frame mounted thing we used to have our Baja race bikes had frame mounted headlights you know double headlights that were frame mounted not steering mounted and that was mostly because the way you're going around a lot of the turns there is you're actually sliding and counter steering. Oh, really? So at night, you'd be turning your headlights, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you're kind of flat tracking around some of these turns, uh-huh. you'd be turning your headlights away from where you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so there was a little bit of that, a little bit of just taking the weight out of the steering uh, and those things. So I I don't, I don't think that it depends on how much stuff you're adding up there. Uh, but for simplicity, I would just run, you know, a, a good thing. But Moto Minded makes a really nice bolt-on thing. Also remember, when you crash with that frame-mounted stuff, a lot of stuff starts breaking off. Where it seems like the handlebar stuff gets away with a little bit more, um, uh, 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 less cost per crash. <laughs> if, just in my experience from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, then again, I can see where somehow, you know, with those, some of those shrouding and stuff, it would protect it. But I've just seen, it just seems like that it, it's overkill for most people. Okay. So his second question is, what's the thoughts on aftermarket ECU slash piggyback tuners? The bike seems to run fairly hot uh, with his limited time on it, and it has lots of decal uh, cell popping slash farting. I'm not looking for more power. I'm after longevity slash reliability for when I'm way out there in places. So the heat, it depends. So if you if you have a stock KTM and it has that stock little perforated thing at the very tail end of the exhaust, the little it looks like a bunch of little holes you know, in the, in the, in the muffler end cap, instead of one big hole, that thing there will trap a ton of heat inside of that. And that can, that can make it hot. Mostly just the muffler. It it doesn't, for the most part, unless you're really kind of ringing it down the road, it really doesn't heat up the motor as much as it does. You know, it gets hotter, but not, it's not going to cause a lot of heat. Mostly heat for, you know, when guys are have bikes that are, quote, running hot or overheating, it tends to be from using the clutch too much, just slipping the clutch. The So that that's the first thing. I on And then so if you're going with a piggyback tuner, I don't think they work that well on the newer bikes because it's always trying – it has a it's – a, it's a closed loop system and it's always trying to adjust – the fuel. So if you add fuel, it's going to take fuel away, and they and it gets in a fight. So I think you almost have to go to a complete ECU change, and then most of those are kind of designed to be run like with an open exhaust. And I still have not ridden an an ECU on a modern emissions compliant bike that was as smooth and tractable and rideable in the rev ranges that I ride the bike in as stock. So they they always are a little hiccupy and they have drivability issues and everybody tells how tells you how awesome they are because they do make more power. But the 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 rideability has kind of gone away. And I I I one of these days I'll get my hands on one and spend the time take the time to tune it. And because mm-hmm. there's tuning apps that you can that you can use but ninety 
let's say 95% of this stuff is all done on a dyno. And, and I don't think that the guys that are doing the tuning take the time to actually go out and ride them around. And try their butt dinos. Yeah, well, yeah. And if they do, they're, they go out and they go right down the parking lot. They're not trying to, you know, do a pick turn on a single track trail and then get some traction across wet rocks. They're not mm-hmm. doing this. Stock bikes actually do really good at this, believe it or not. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for longevity and stuff like that, I think you're fine as long as as long as it's not it's not unless you don't you don't want an open exhaust. You just don't want one that's super plugged up. Uh, so, uh, take that for what it's worth. I'm the only guy saying that on the whole internet. The only guy. I don't have anything to sell either, unfortunately. Right. I should just sell common sense. It's not well. That's very, why we have the the riding school. Right. Yeah. I can teach you how to get off that clutch. That'll help the heat too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving down the list, Bobby Coleman, Jimmy, could you spend a couple of minutes di- discussing any different benefit from using either a foam or paper air filter? Obviously a clean filter is the best filter, but what about performance between the two? Um, so paper filters generally are dry. And so I think he's talking about more about adventure bikes and stuff. Paper filters generally tend to be dry so that the that the a lot of times the the dirt and stuff doesn't quote stick to them. I mean it's still the fine particles still get in there and sort of get stuck, but the bigger pieces don't get kind of trapped in in the foam like an oil foam filter. Paper filters are cheap. Actually I think they're both pretty cheap to produce, but the paper filters are probably cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, like and, a nickel versus a dime or like a nickel versus yeah, prob- a dollar? Probably a nickel versus a dime uh, on the grand scheme of things. But uh, I think if you're if you're never going to maintain it, paper might be better than foam. And I think maybe that's some of the reason that some of the, some of the stock bikes will come with a, quote, paper type filter, just like your car does, you know, the, the, the throwaway filter that comes in your car. Uh, but... Uh, you know, we run foam filters on the dirt bikes just because I think that, that, you know, when it's just a lot of dirt, the, I'm starting to think, I'm sitting there just in my head trying to think like, why would we use an oiled foam versus a paper? Yeah. Would it be because you could wash the foam? And then reuse it, so the manufacturers wouldn't have to make as many right. paper yeah, filters. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah. I'm thinking. So, there's there's the reusability of the foam would be probably the main reason because as a dirt bike is going to get dirty, you can yeah you can reuse it. So, never really thought about that, but that's probably the the reason that that you know. And then and like an adventure bike, they just don't expect it. It's not like it's in the dirt all the time, so the filter really shouldn't get that quote that dirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's how they, how they do that. But I think the, the, yeah, foam, I, I think they're probably, it, it, as far as, I mean, I've never really seen, I mean, I've, if, if a company makes a certain type of like a K&N filter, which is a fabric filter, but it's like a pleated fabric mm-hmm. and, you know, they show how theirs flows more air. And then you have the ones that, you know, the foam ones, they show how theirs flow more air. So, and I don't really know of a aftermarket paper, <laughs> <laughs> manufacturer so maybe that maybe that answers that that it's just it's not as good so maybe the foam does flow better yeah i, I know there's a lot of foam filters that flow really good and mm-hmm. they also don't take the take the dirt out as well <laughs> so, so remember that 
But yeah, just so, a good, a good. I would say just go with a good quality foam filter, and you're you're going to be that would be the best thing. All right. So in the chat, Jay Mro, Jimmy, do you have any testing on MX Tech Lucky Upgrade for the late model KTM uh, Husqvarna five hundred slash five hundred one? Um, I do. I don't. I but I did ride someone's bike that had the the, the whole Lucky uh, setup and stuff and. I can't tell you how it worked because it wasn't set up for me. <laughs> oh. He he was really happy with it, and and it was a lot of, was, like I said, they put a lot of parts in there and and um, some different things. But he 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 liked the way it worked, and I f- it felt to me like it it it's uh, the 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 setting that a lot of tuners seem to go for with the with the especially the. Um, the KTM 500s kind of stuff, the the the, the EXC and the the Huskies, they make them they make them blow through the stroke, and I already thought that the I already thought that the bike kind of moves in the stroke quite a bit. I want I want it to to start slowing down. I want it to, and my suspension guy George always says you like it stiff, and I'm like no, I don't like it stiff. I like it really compliant. <laughs> And, yeah. and and I wanted to ramp up progressively, probably more progressively than most, especially at the end of the stroke. So it seems like those allow they 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 seems like the, the tuners can get away with putting bigger springs, and then still keeping the the the, the supplement suppleness, and then allow it to blow into the stroke with those those types of uh, types of devices. So don't really know. Um, and good, we have a expert uh, Very good. answer on this. Paper filters filter finer, but when the paper filter gets wet, it turns to mush and does not flow air. So, there we go. That's that's I didn't. That's, I, I that's forgot excellent. About, yeah. I forgot about the wet <laughs> the wet factor <laughs> on the paper too. Um, Dave Black commented: the Fastway Pro Moto Billet end cap is the quickest and easiest way to open up the stock pipe and eliminate the sound baffle. The easiest way to get that little thing out the end is just to hit it with a, a punch and just <laughs> pop it, just break it off. And then when you, it gets really loose, grab mm-hmm. it and wiggle it and pull it out. Uh, don't punch it in there because it'll go inside there and then you'll have to take the end cap off. Mm-hmm. Then you'll wish you just got the Promoto billet piece. Got it. Very few problems. Cannot, uh, yeah, Hammer can solve a lot of problems. What is Rich looking for? 2015 exe 500 stock motor open chamber forks kickstarter no need to buy an ecu best year uh kicks oh he's he's saying i was saying oh it has the kickstarter it has the kickstarter uh you know what there's there rich i will agree with you on some things i have a few of those i have 2012 and 13 and 14s uh and there's more motorcycle there <laughs> there's uh-huh. there's 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 the stuff is a little bit heavier you know it's a little little bit more motorcycle uh i i think you know they didn't they didn't have a lot of the 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 um they still the ecu is still locked up and it's 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 pretty limited in all honesty as far as a competition uh setting but yeah good bike uh dave black i've got the mx tech ravens on my 501 rally bike absolutely amazing and then um most people that buy that stuff tend to tend to like that <laughs> like all that stuff uh, <laughs> you know, after you spend all that money i think you're sold before you bought it and right. hopefully hopefully it, <laughs> hopefully it turns out it, it could be confirmation bias 
Yeah, and I like I said, I've had some really expensive stuff done to my suspension. I had to send it back. I, mm-hmm. I just sent in some suspension. Some guy spent a lot. I was on a used bike. Spent mm-hmm. a lot of money having it done, and I had it all undone. I was actually looking for I was looking for stock component. I was hoping somebody wanted all this stuff, and I wanted I would trade out just to get the stock stuff back into it. Yeah, because I didn't like where it was, and we couldn't come across that thing. So my suspension guy just said, hey, "I'm going to take a shot at it." Man, he did a good job. Nice, get it work. All right, so Dave was wondering when is a moose better than a tube? I'm running 12 psi on a Kenda Parker DT with a tube. What are you all running? 12 psi. Yeah, 12 is good. Um, most but, most of the time, I'm running 12, maybe 13. If I'm a little bit worried about getting flats, uh, if you want flat protection and you start going up above, like I don't know when you when you I, I used to desert race with like 18, and I still got flats. So I think like it. Kind of at 15 is where you start really having a big trade-off in performance. And and I don't think – if you're going to smack something hard enough to get it at 15, you're probably going to get it at, you know, 18 or whatever you put it at. And most of the time, the reason that you're running 18 PSI and you're getting flats is because your bike deflects off of something into something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so um, – but, when but would, are mooses better than a tube? If you like low pressure, they absolutely 100% are. Uh, and the fact that you just will not get a flat is the is the way to go. Is Dave the guy that bought your bike? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it looks like he replaced those worn out AT81s with uh, some, some superior parkers. Yeah. Superior tires. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Well, it's uh, time to take a little we'll break go for here. An ad break and we'll be uh, right back with more questions. And Rooster Endo. Yeah. You're seeing a little bit. Favorite segment. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. And we're back. Live from Pahrump, we are back. So uh, Jimmy Lewis here, Matt Mattoon, who is trying to keep the lights on in this place. And luckily, we're not relying on him to actually do the lights because they probably wouldn't work. But at least the speakers are working now. I'm really – I I think I'm, you know, an intelligent person until you put like a wrench or sockets in my hands and then it it all goes out the window. You know, Janie needs to have her carb rebuilt on a bike and I said you're the man yeah yeah I, I am the greatest I, I, uh, I'm the greatest mechanic for finding on how not to do things it's it's amazing how rebuilding carburetors can be so hard on your back very hard on my back yeah a whole week off 
Yeah. Oh, it was more than a week. <laughs> At least a week. Oh. Hey, cool. we're going to get back into our uh, our product of the week. Yeah. I assigned this segment to, I said it was sponsor, sponsored by Bulletproof Designs. Mm-hmm. Because Bulletproof Designs has all the stuff you need to protect your 2023 bike. They have it in stock. So uh, if you're looking for foot pegs or radiator guards or that cool little thing that protects your chain guard from getting lapped off your swing arm, maybe you're looking for um, a front disc rotor protector. Mm-hmm. I'm not, but maybe you're looking for one of those. Yeah. You're going to bash it in the rocks. Rear disc rotor protector, okay. Uh, they make it all. Check out Bulletproof Designs for all of your protection needs. So on the uh, product of the week, this is something I've been using for a long time. And what I'm holding up here is a double take mirror. And it's a really simple design. Uh, Ned, Ned Duro, as we used to call him, mm-hmm. uh, designed this and he used basically he's using ram balls to connect it so you mm-hmm. you you connect the the mirror where your mirror connects you put a ram ball in there then there's the the ram arm and then his mirror is actually this piece here which looks like uh looks like your beauty mirror you know yeah and it's mine's all dirty because it was it's laying been used yeah it's been used laying around I just pulled off the bike it took about that long to take it off the bike but the cool thing is it's completely adjustable so mm-hmm. with the with the ram balls, you can angle this sucker any way you want it to get it where you want to go. Amazingly, they don't vibrate much. Mm-hmm. They're relatively indestructible. In all the years I've had these things, and I have them on almost all of my dual sport bikes and all my adventure bikes, I've only broken one. And that was on my UTV when it rolled. <laughs> so I have I have the mirrors. He makes he makes mirrors for the UTVs as well, which man, they are way less expensive than the all the UTV mirrors out there. Really? Like there's a like there's a lot of companies that make these really amazing looking billet like crazy ass mirrors. Mm-hmm. And uh he, he you just use basically the same setup. He has a bar clamp and thing and it's and you use the adventure shaped mirror, which is a little more kind of diamond shaped and it bolt right on and uh, but yeah, I, I, I went in the rocks, you know, and got a little cattywampus as I like to say. And mm-hmm. when the, when the, when it landed on the mirror, it, it did break it amazingly, a whole UTV crushing it. So, um, not only did that, I use this, uh, when I'm, you know, tuning up my, uh, my style here. Yeah. Yeah. A shave, you know, check my shave on the back. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's all good for your grinder photo shoot. Right. Yeah. Grinder. You're managing that account still, right? Am I doing good? Yeah. Yeah. Am I making money? Uh, after expenses is, of paying me, no. Or is that OnlyFans? That's OnlyFans. Got it. Which we, we could actually start an OnlyFans because it's it just happened to get turned into porn. It's not for porn primarily. It wasn't designed with porn in mind. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jet Lawrence has one. He has an OnlyFans. Yeah, but it, again, not porn. What does he do on it? it it's, it's, a way for, it's exclusive content for those who want to... Oh, get pr- closer to you. Him. Yeah, yeah. Think of it like Patreon, but apparently it's a little bit more personable than, than Patreon. Okay. And then it just turned into porn, like many great technologies. Well, usually, yeah, porn leads the way in the like mm-hmm. the video delivery and you know, VHS versus that, beta. Hey, that's what the all that stuff you're talking about, the the AI generated stories mm-hmm. originally started out as smut. AI generated smut. Oh. Yeah. So didn't know this. Yep. 
Good for you, Matt. So anyways, double take mirrors. If you're looking for one of these, let me know. I might have a super code for you. So uh, get you a little get you a little discount on a double take mirror. But uh, they've uh, been helping me out for a long time. They support our schools. Great product. They, yeah. They're supporting the video that I'm attempting to get done on our KTM 390 adventure ride with some guy named Logan. Remember Logan? Uh, I don't know. We should probably That's see funny. if we can get a. We should probably see if we can get a, him to come back in here. He there's a reason he should come back. There is a, there is a, there's a, there's a real reason he should come back in. Does it have to do with a carb rebuild? No. Okay. No, no. Actually, it's it's a 100 beneficial to him. But that's the way it works. You got you got to put a little effort in. Mm-hmm. It could be his, his wad of tips from one of the classes the last time he taught. <laughs> but <laughs> he's getting he's good at getting those. Who knows. So, so, hey, I got I got we got one more question from uh from episode uh 170. 170. Yeah, we'll just bust these bust out uh, these questions here. So, Moto Minded was saying this is an interesting conversation about the Starks and the Emotos. The question that he has is are they viable without a clutch? Emotion Trials Bikes has one. I'd like to see them on a production full size. So, I rode I rode a Emotion with a clutch. Um Really? Yeah, and I didn't like it. It was just like, uh, maybe it's just what I'm used to with electric bikes. It's just all throttle, it's just 100 percent, 100 percent throttle, and it it like it didn't need it. And I rode a long time ago. I rode a, I rode a an e bike that had a transmission in it, and it had a clutch. And the same thing, I didn't like it because that that one the 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 uh, we'll call it the the engine controller mm-hmm. was so bad. Uh, because it was all the power, all at once, and then it, and then it, <laughs> it lost power. It tapered, uh-huh. so it, you'd be gassing it, and it'd be losing power, and you'd clutch it, and it'd lose more power, and you'd drop it again and have a have a burst, and then it'd fall on its face. It was really it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so the electric motor is has so much torque right when you turn it. It doesn't need a clutch. It's not like a motor that that's starting with nothing and building to something. It has mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. And so, but I, I would imagine that if if you were gearing it up, you could you could do it. But I I I've heard that there's that they they're with a lot of these they're building options for clutches in. I just don't know why because you just it, twist it can, the throttle. Well, twist the throttle, and then and then I would I would rather have them spend more. You know, if you if you want a clutch, I would say, well, why don't we just spend more time programming the throttle? You know, so you you have ways mm-hmm. to program the throttle to make it work the way you want, and then you would never have to use a clutch. So did did you agree with? Uh, I don't remember if I told you this when the free ride was still here. I felt like you could almost get a friction zone by taking the the tension out of the chain. On that on the free ride, so you twist the throttle, and right before it would take off, you there was actually a moment where it would take the tension out of the chain before it would actually start turning the wheel. Yeah, the, I felt like that was a good friction zone. It it has it has amazing traction control that mm-hmm. that KTM E, e free yeah. ride E. So because yeah. I would ride up a hill and stop, mm-hmm. you know, or back off the throttle and then come back on the throttle, mm-hmm. and and you know, especially in the lower power modes, you could go up a hill and you could nail it, and it just sits there. And it, it doesn't have enough power to go, mm-hmm. and then and then you go you you give it a little you know take your weight off and give it a little push and it would just barely start creeping, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of that's the engine control unit I was talking about. Yeah, that, that that was that's where the electric 
stuff has come so far uh, because they learned how to control, you know, just the control units because Mm -hmm. it it is – in the beginning, the guys that were doing were not motorcycle guys, so they didn't know that, you know, they just went, okay, turn it, you know, on and power and off and, you know, slow. Yeah, yeah. And it's like kind of like a lot of those bicycles, electric bicycles now that have like a little thumb throttle. Mm-hmm. Like you hit that thumb throttle, it just starts going as fast as it can, just goes, and yeah, <laughs> it take, yeah. takes off. But now with the pedaling platforms that on the on the e-mountain bikes and stuff, they're, they're learning how to really control electric motors. So... um Gabe CK is signing up for my OnlyFans if we get kitty pics. <laughs> yeah, you, you get you, for a different subscription level, we could probably, you know, introduce Selma into the mix. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of cat, a lot of cat activities. Yeah. yeah. A little pussy, as I like to say. <laughs> uh, yes, and Bobby Coleman, great products, those double take mirrors. And Victor knows that I'm drinking kombucha. No, it's not kombucha. I I I taken a little time off. I think uh, just decided it was uh, just time to 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 maybe. Oh, getting rid of the the camel camel front. Yeah, yeah li- li- reducing the camel front capacity was uh, above well, the recommended maximum level. Well, I'm... so I decided that that. Probably the easiest thing to do would just to be to lay off the lay off the beers. I I mean, I could have some tequila like uh, uh, this Ariette One Hundred and One. It's right here. It's just an arm's reach away, but I'm not gonna. Yeah, why not? Hey, and so, while we're talking about that, maybe I'll start drinking at the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame uh, motorcycle industry celebration, January twenty eighth, from six to ten p.m. in Fabulous Las Vegas. It's actually at Gene Woods Racing Experience, and that's on Fremont Street. So uh, I may or may not be getting inducted or removed. Uh-huh. I might be getting removed from the uh, Hot Shoe Hall of Fame. And I was actually going to put those shoes on and wear them the other day, the Hot Shoe shoes. Didn't, didn't we want to recreate Gene Woods' picture with uh, with those shoes? His picture of him as a kid and... He's he's sliding and, and oh. he has his vans on. Yeah, I remember talking about this. Yeah, got to get. I Jerry. still need to register for that. Actually, we got to get Jerry back in. I do too. Actually, <laughs> I talk about it all the time. That's a register. QR code right there. So I think we scan okay. it and yeah, we anyway. scan it and get it in there. So we'll go on to some of the next questions. Do you want me to go over these ones or just skip to the ones on the bottom there? Uh, the let's go to the skip the comments and go straight to the questions. Okay. And Chris Johns, yeah, we would love to do an XT project bike, but that's like a flogging a dead horse. It's mm-hmm. not going to go any faster. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, for the KLX impression video, Aussie Park said you didn't say anything about shock adjustments. Is there shock adjustments? Uh, Were there clickers on that thing? There's no clickers to be turned. Oh, really? I think there was preload adjustment that you could do, but yeah. Yeah, that that it, it, those bikes don't need it doesn't need adjustment it just ride it just it just mm-hmm. hop on it and go ride it and yeah. quit thinking about this and then hing hing yt on the 2020 honda crf 450l review 250 250 sorry yeah he wants to know what the gas mileage was is that the one that crf 250l someone that gabe tested boy you know, I I want to say 
it, at times it was upwards of 80 miles of the gallon. And then when we were sending it, we were getting it down in, in the in the high 20s, 28, I think, when we were just pinning it in sand washes and stuff. Because I think it actually had a pretty good fuel gauge on it for some reason. I don't I don't recall, but uh, we didn't we didn't say it in the in the video. But he should probably read the test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll say that's we'll call that it for the for those questions. Jake then. May has a question. Looking for looking to get some flex bars and trying to side on sweep. Big guy with fairly wide shoulders. So, uh, Jake. Do you have a do you have a particular bend that you prefer on, you know, on your regular bikes? Like, what are you what are you currently running, or is there what what bike are you putting these on, and what do they have? And I can probably give you a little bit better because it, it it's bars are super super personal, and it it kind of depends on how you like to you know angle you know angle your wrist, how you hang on to the how you hang on to the bike. And the cool thing about the flex bars is they are pretty adjustable because you can actually raise them up and down a little bit. So, you know, the sweep is, is the kind of the only thing that's really fixed, but, uh, yeah, give me a little more info and I will, uh, do that. Uh, George tells me, did I get the dress shirt for the hall of fame? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Stock. And do you, if you like your stock bars, on a KTM, those are about, I want to say that they're like 11 degrees and flex is 12 or 10. So, so it's, it's probably right in between. So if you want something that's a little bit flatter, that'd be more straight, go with the 10. And I run, I run the 12 and I'm a little bit, I I guess you call it old school. Um, I used to be 14. I used to Mm -hmm. run the 14 and I've kind of evolved up to 12 and it and the KTM bars always seems a little bit. They always seemed a little bit too flat for me, but now I kind of like where they're where they're at. So, yeah, if you're like the like the ten would be the most the most flat, and also since I'm thinking since wider shoulders, it would turn your you know turn your arms out a little bit more. So, yeah, that sounds like a that's what I would do. And if you don't like it, you always switch, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you know, <laughs> and then you know. Uh, the KTM bars actually may actually be 12 as well, but I don't, I don't think they're 10 cause that's a really flat, that's a really flat bend. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about what you're seeing on the screen right now. Don't worry. Don't me. Don't worry about what I'm seeing on the screen. Yeah. You don't worry about I'm that. I'm never worried what about what I'm seeing on the screen. Yeah. Just, it's, just have the utmost faith in me and know that when it's not the phone, when it's not the phones, everything's going to be smooth. Okay. As long as it's not the phones. As long what, as it's not the phones. What bike are we starting with first, Matt? Well, I think we should announce we're moving on to Rooster. Oh, Endo. yeah. Announce the segment. This is everybody's favorite segment on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is Taco Moto's Roost or Endo. But don't blame Taco Moto for anything that I say about your bike. Mm-hmm. So the way this works is you send us a picture of your bike and you tell us about it. But make sure that you tell us the year, make, and model. This is important because... I can't just guess what year, make, and model everything is. And I don't know that much. I can usually guess. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I want to be, you know, I want to be correct. So just give me that. So that's number one. Year, make, and model. Tell us a little bit about the bike. We talk about it. We discuss your bike. Mm-hmm. We tell you how we feel about your bike. Maybe we critique the photo a little bit. Mm-hmm. These kind of things. And 
After all, we tell you your bike, whether it roosts or endos, or maybe it's for sale. I, I almost, I almost. Uh, Rooster endo or for sale. Roost endo or for sale. <laughs> and because uh, you're trying to get some promotion on your, on your bike for sale. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then the one that gives us the most enjoyment, we talk about it and you will win a $100 gift certificate from Taco Moto. That's tacomoto.co. So if you're looking for almost anything for your dirt bike, especially your KTMs, and KTM-like brands, uh, Takamoto is the place to go. That's takomoto.co. Mm-hmm. Okay, Matt, let's get to it. All right, our first, first up is going to be Darren Wilson. Mr. Darren Wilson. Okay. So he just – so this was – oh, it's a good thing I pulled up his email. Oh, why? Because he didn't this is tell a, us the year, make, and model? No, he did. Okay. I didn't copy it properly. So – this is a 1989 KX125, and it was clapped out when he first got it. 89? Mm-hmm. He spent the better part of a year rebuilding the whole bike from bearings and the entire engine shock, and et cetera, and he's been hooked on riding ever since. Uh, uh, some further background is that he's actually 52 years old, and he, he's fairly new to riding. So, and then here is the mods. It has new plastics. LA sleeve ditched the Nika seal, and he's got the cylinder sleeved. All the other parts are stock, not the 1989 decals. And then it's a battery-powered Amazon Cree lights. Six amp hour goes in the airbox when it's late. Uh, he realized how nice is how nice it would be to have an e-start. Loves the show. Well, that thing should start pretty easy, yeah, <laughs> being, let, let being me, a one twenty five. But let me, this up just a let me for our viewers. That, it's funny because I looked then I thought it was going to be a, like a ninety one, but mm-hmm. yeah, that would be. I mean, with eighty nine right on it, that makes that thing's that awesome. makes sense. I'm like that he's out like mudding it. <laughs> I like that the number plates are eighty nine. <laughs> so did I race one of those? I'm trying to think when I raced. I raced Kawasaki's and Tull. I may I may have had one of those. I don't remember. But they they had that was the old Kips. Kips power valve says Kawasaki integrated power valve system. Mm-hmm. And uh but yeah, they were kind of they were kind of rippers. Uh I was desert racing back then, so I 90 so I I was on a Yamaha at that time. But the Kawasaki's were fast. I raced against a lot of guys with with uh with these things. That mm-hmm. thing, that thing roosts. It's it, looks, a heart. it looks like he's had a good time. It's an awesome roost. It looks like he's had a good time with that thing. I'm liking the 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 you know, the not climb gear. Mm-hmm. By the way, climb. You know, you know, like last week I was wearing the the under layers. Yeah, yeah. I've been wearing that all week, like those things, mm-hmm. just all week long. I've been wearing the the because it's been cold and it's just comfortable. And then when I go to go riding. The other thing is, you know when I, you know when it's a good day, a good day, Matt, hmm. is when I get up in the morning and I put on moto moto socks. Oh yeah, because I know that I'm going to go riding, and I'm like, I'm just putting the moto socks on, mm-hmm. and then I'm one step closer to riding. And there so now go. I've been putting the moto socks and the climb like 1.0 mm-hmm. um, underlayer gear. I'm so ready to go. So yeah, that's a, that's a hard roost for me. Good job there, Darren. Yeah, liking it. Really good roost. Okay, so next up, we'll just go by. This will be Glenn Williams will be up next. Oh, and he's Ka- got Kawasaki week? I guess so. So this is a 2009 KLX 450R. A what? Glenn Williams, I know this guy. Uh, he is Mr. KX250. 
So, so already right now, um, I, I'm shedding a tear for the old two strokes because he probably has like 16 KX250s. Really? And none of them were in any shape whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They were just, they, they needed, they needed each other just to keep one running, all 15 of them or whatever he had. Mm-hmm. And he probably had to sell all of them to get this. Maybe. <laughs> so 2009, Calix 450. So there's only a few things on this bike that he actually takes credit for. He added a D- Tusk D-Flex Pro handguards and removed the Monster Racing Graphics Kit and a sick-ass white carbon fiber wrapped Cherby's front rotor guard. Uh, he also added those Climb Viper goggles on it. I saw that right away. Climb <laughs> goggles. Well, so I like Climb goggles, but we are sponsored by Scott. Yep. Yeah, Scott Sports. Uh, I'll just stop talking. There you go. Okay. So the rest of the stuff on this bike is from when he bought it on Craigslist just before Christmas. So TM Design Works Baja Endurance Slide and Guide Kit, Golden Tire Front Fatty Front and Dunlop Geomax 53 on the rear. Front and rear wheels are balanced and trued for highway speeds, although there is no way of knowing who did it. He thinks he's the fourth owner. Uh, Promoto Kickstand, full FMF Powerbomb Exhaust with Q4 Hex Slip-On Muffler. Apiso rear brake lever with brake snake style cable and a fast company blue brake clevis gpr steering stabilizer mounted under the rinthal fat bar with odi road grips baja design squadron headlight ims 3.2 fuel tank kawasaki sourced oem bar controls for turn signals headlight and horn although i haven't sourced a horn yet with the ignition key system also possibly sourced from china random red and blue anodized bling plugs in the cases and oil cap turn signals front and rear chain adjustment sliders big red button big red starter button unidentified but conspicuously placed blue anodized fuel filter hosing and possible quick disconnect oversized radiators aluminum skid plates with case savers also unidentified wide and sharp foot pegs he has a recluse clutch cover uh, that was on the bike the first time he rode it the inexpensive kit replaces a few clutch plates oh Clutch, not clutch cover, recluse clutch that was in the bike. With a, and it was the inexpensive kit that replaces a few clutch plates in the stock basket. But the kid couldn't get it sorted out, so he installed the stock plates. Last but absolutely not least is the knockoff uh, tidy or titty tail that holds a piece of bling nearly as rare as a unicorn on this model, which is a California license plate. So I can see, I can see why he got this for the license plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This... This bike, so when I started looking at this and I started hearing the, the list, I thought to myself, I wonder if it was like an X, because there, there are not a lot of these bikes, but I was like wondering, I wonder if this is like an X magazine kind of test bike that had a lot of stuff on it, mm-hmm. but it just looked, it, it looks like somebody barfed out like a hodgepodge of eBay. <laughs> yeah, uh, eBay and- eBay uh, parts on, on this on this sucker, so- uh, Glenn, I man, I I I hate to do to, to look at the wet dirt in the desert though. Yeah, isn't that isn't that's that good? the roost? That's the well. I want to go riding right there because I know it's just above it's just above Johnson Valley, right up by the King of the Hammers. Uh, there's he's got some great trails right next door with that desert like that. That's that's roosting, but I'm afraid of this bike. It's almost like, and the thing is, compared to his KXs. This thing actually might be kind of, might kind of be cherry. Mm-hmm. 
but it's it's a it's a <laughs> yeah, man. I, 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 but so, dangle, but dangling that climb goggle on there's a full. That's a. So here's Ron. I have my logic. Okay. So my logic is this is this is an endo, not because the bike itself is bad, but because all these mod the mod list mm-hmm. is not his mods list. It's the other three owners mod list. Oh, I know that doesn't that doesn't bother me. He just he he might have got a really good deal on it though. Yeah, and for that it's it's uh, you know I like that he's sticking with <laughs> he's sticking with his thing. He's he's got a he it's I'm torn. I, I like Glenn. I I kind of like Glenn. I don't. That's a good bike though. Mm-hmm. The 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 KX four fifty platform and stuff actually made pretty good power mm-hmm. for some reason i don't know why the suspension is, was actually pretty decent on those things if i remember correctly i remember we were testing these things back at at, at uh, dirt rider and I was oh like, this, a 20 tw- something had owned it before him and was commuting on this bike right yeah okay so he's in the chat that's giving him more bonus points Oh boy! Mark's uh, calling it a roost. Mark's calling it a roost. I, it wasn't endo for me, but the fact that this thing—I forgot that this thing was commute can be used to commute to work on. So can a KLR six fifty, and this is yeah, way but, better than a KLR six fifty. Yeah, okay. That, I was gonna say you can't take a KLR six fifty where you can take this thing. No, it's a. I think that's a pretty good bike. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a roost. I'm gonna go. I I was gonna I was gonna say because you could always take the parts. Off, some of that stuff off, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll say a very very soft roost for me. Okay. Oh, you you waffled on that. I one. waffled a little bit because I forgot. I did forget that it was street legal. Oh yeah, street legal's huge. That's, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, what's our next one? The next one <clears throat> will be a Kevin don't don't know ho. Kevin Donahoe. Oh, and this is this is a bike right here. This is a bike. <laughs> Instant roost. No, uh, it's, no it's not. Okay, let me see the. Are you gonna read it, or do you want me to read no, it? No, go ahead. So this is a 2013 Hooserberg TE 300. Has a recluse auto clutch, FMF exhaust with gnarly turbine core, XC bar mount, Electron billet, Biltron carb, tubeless front and rear, Enduro engineering handguards, a Cherby skid plate, rear disc guard. Pro tune suspension. This thing is a weapon for East Coast woods racing over 300 hours, and it's still running strong. It's this like, is a bike near and dear to my heart. I know you just sold one. Uh, yeah, yeah. It had that had most of these mods. I think this is a isn't this this is a year after this yours? is a year this is a year newer than mine. Yeah, because I mine I can, has because yours had the older frame, and this yeah. this frame was a huge huge improvement from that 2008 to the to this frame mm-hmm. um, when they. They they thinned down the frames and so, frame rails and isolated that shock tower a little bit. Kevin's in trouble though. Oh yeah, that seat doesn't that look a little lowered and definitely not stock. I, the 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 bike looked like the the Husaberg monster walked by and puked on it. It. <laughs> I kind of like the yellow and blue it's, and white. It's super. It's super busy. 
Yeah, yeah. And and it's amazing how horrible looking that Husaberg front fender is starting to get that 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 sweep down. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Isn't is that what the new Yamaha fender kind of looks like? No, I, th- I think the new Yamaha one's a little bit more sh- doesn't stick out as far as this one. Does. It doesn't. It doesn't slope down. Sl- slope down as much or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over 300 hours. He uses it. Look at that clutch cover. That clutch cover is faded. Yeah. This this thing is used. Uh, I like that it's I like that it's used. Mm-hmm. Um I like his homemade you know, and, stand. And, and I'll tell you what, he's got a front disc rotor cover. No, he's got a he actually think it's a cover. It's not actually the the guard. He's got solid rotor, so he's he's mudding that thing. Yeah, it's, it's East East Coast uh, woods racing. To get, do you imagine how many bat bearings he's gone through? <laughs> yeah, so good thing he pointed those out. I'm. That's another mod he didn't list. The, uh, the solid disc rotor. Yeah, and the solid disc rotor. I'm not, I'm not here for that one. Yeah, you this, know, you know. So in Alaska, with how muddy it was, yeah, no one ran him up there. Why not? Uh because well, what would happen? What happened with? the bike that I was using up there that actually did have a solid one, um, it would, it would lock up cause it would get so hot still. Really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. On a motocross track though. On a motocross track. Yeah. I can Where see it, it on a motocross track. And so, but, but, you, but, but no one up there ran them. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, it d- kind of depends on the dirt, you know, how much, how much they, they help or hurt, mm-hmm. uh, with the solid rotor and stuff. But I used to run, I used to race them when there's certain places we raced at where I used to run them because we just cooked the pads right off the bike and I don't use the brake too much. Uh, that thing roosts. Yeah. I'll give it to I, I, especially for the 300 hours, I think that's, uh, used, loved, it's because all you hear about is all the bikes that that break in twelve and fourteen hours because mm-hmm. that's what they say. Yep, everything does. And uh, then this is a Ruben Brower. Ruben has a twenty sixteen KTM five hundred EXC six days. He's got seven hours and one hundred seventy five kilometers on the clock this past fall. Kilometers. Only, yeah, only managed to get ten kilometers on it before the white stuff came to us here in British Columbia. I was going to say Canadian, eh? Yeah, it's 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 just about his bone stock. Um, it's added a protomoto billet end cap with an ultra silent tip to let it breathe a bit better. He has an order with Takamoto for a few things to add the reliability. Add to he, add to reliability. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I had to confirm it didn't say rideability, but yeah, reliability. Yeah. But there's no rideability issues with a 500. Um, no, there aren't. Yeah, not that I know of. Yeah, I, I. He was the one who was asking about uh, aftermarket ECUs and towers. Okay. Yeah. So the get that. So he's got the end cap. Leave it alone. You're good. I think you're good. I'm pretty sure you're good. And he was a bit. He's a. Was he a big guy? Yeah, six he four. Was, he's carpenter, two hundred fifteen pounds, forty two years old. Get some fork springs, fork and shock springs. Uh, that'll that'll help you out. Ride it a little bit. Mm. Get it serviced. Don't get it revalved. Just get it serviced with some springs and call it good. Yeah. Uh, it's probably too cold to get a better photo than that, right? Uh, right. I mean, it, it's probably cloudy out because the light looks a little looks soft. So I'm going to assume it was cloudy out. Yeah. It's. it's I, I was gonna go. I was gonna go off on the on the photo but then i noticed that you know i was i was, I was noticing the husaberg was on the stand yeah in the in the shop and that thing that that's a that bike just sitting on its own merit is a roost 
it's an it's an it's a nice bike. It's probably going to get better. You know what would have made it roost even more is if he parked it in that snowbank and just dug the rear wheel like we do in the sand. Uh huh. And then just then get the photo of it. Right, You'd probably get in trouble. Like I mean, it's not often that the people from Canada actually come out of the caves. Mm-hmm. And like I think when they come out and like it's so bright outside, like if he would have shot snow up in the air, he probably would have like couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's the way it works. So uh, yeah, it's a it's another a, roost. It's a roost. Are we all roost tonight? All roosts tonight. Uh, I Glenn's was the only one I was a little iffy on. Do you have a winner in mind? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have, I have a winner too. For me, it, it's Darren because that one twenty five is is I, awesome. I totally agree. I think yeah. I, I'm glad Darren got stoked on that. And if anything, Darren could actually I don't know if Takamoto has any gear. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but but he could he could use that and um I'm sure that you know he's talking about kick starting. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be long before he's on something that has an electric start and yeah. probably could require a little bit of modifications and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that one twenty five. Stoked that uh yeah, Darren, good job. Yeah. Thanks but- for uh sending that in to us. Thanks, everybody, for sending this in. Uh, if you want to roost and or sell your bike, you can send <laughs> thing. Even Glenn agreed with our pick. And that's a, that's a, that's a noble thing to do, Mr. Kawasaki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says he, he texted me and said he still has all of the, uh, he has all of the KX250s. So I know if, if you need KX250 parts, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so actually, Darren had sent me an email mm-hmm. regarding a question here. So Darren was saying with that 125 that we just said one. Okay. He put a JD jet kit in the bike. He moved the needle clip down one prior to uh, a ride to ensure that it wouldn't l- run lean in the cold. And then he was looking at at, a, at the smoke. And here's the picture. Um, okay. So, so, so look at the smoke and plug. He realized he could have leaned it up a bit. Uh, he's not looking to... However, he's not looking to rebuild this anytime soon, so he warm, warm, warms it up properly and has to rebuild this whole bike from scratch. Um, anyway, so he's showing a picture with some some two stroke exhaust. You know, it, it's it's you can see that it's it's the it, that's the oil that's doing that. You like mm-hmm. like rich bikes. Um, I'll show I'll show the picture. Typically, the here. yeah. So he's it it it's not like it's cleaning it out. That I, it's not that bad. But when you when you see that, it's more of the the oil that's actually making that as opposed to the as opposed to the the carburetor being set so that it's that it's rich. Mm-hmm. So here's here is the here's the way if you're if you want to jet a two stroke and and especially like on the on the pipe, you know, wide open and stuff like that is really easy, but you can also do other throttle positions. And here's, here's what I was taught by someone that was way smarter than me. Basically you find some place where you can kind of put it under a load. So, you know, you, you need to have, you need to have some, some space. You don't want to do this in, in tight confines, but you want to, you, you, you want to take the bike and you want to run it all the way up into over rev, just rev, 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 you know, just, you know, the two stroke, just rev it, rev it. This is not a four stroke thing, by the way, two stroke. You rev it till it kind of goes into over rev where you feel the power really fall off and then you shift and it should, you should hear the tone change and it should pull again. If you're wide open like that and you rev it and you shift and there's kind of no tone change and it doesn't really pull, you're too lean. Hmm. So, so 
and and I've done this before. Like, and if there's a place in the throttle, if you're like kind of rolling the throttle, you kind of find the spot where it seems like it's not steady, and then you let the bike kind of build, you know, rev through it without turning the throttle. It'll kind of still build revs, and then shift again. Same thing. You you kind of you kind of make this shift and put a load on the bike again, and if it the RPM falls down a little bit, and then it should just pull, you know it should pull back up. So that's how I would check the jetting per se. Um, and like I said, it's a good way to tell if it's too, if it's too lean. Um, and when, you know, if it's, if it's super rich, it's going to be all blubbery and stuff like that. We're talking about the bike that's kind of in the zone close, but that's the way to, to tell whether you're going to blow it up. If, if you, if it's just, and you shift and, you go, and it just, it doesn't, you know, make a tone change. That's mm-hmm. it. But you got to be, you know. For, for to, it's hard to do it at the mid throttles or the smaller throttle things, but wide open's pretty easy. But be ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> I used to. That's how I used to jet my one twenty fives out in the desert. There you go. So that's, okay, that's our that's our list of questions. That's our list of questions. That's our list of bikes. Yeah. Hey everybody, uh, thanks again for joining in. Um, let's see, got a bike to sell? Where do I send it? <laughs> Matt at jimmylewisoffroad.com. Yeah. We'll show uh, it on next week's edition of Roost Endo or for Sale. Roost Endo or for Sale. And so. give us a, a contact for for them to reach you. Uh, oh no, just just send <laughs> send the commission. We're just we're kind of like we're kind of like one of those uh, you know like we're like a used car de- yeah. dealership. You know, just, hey, we'll we'll we'll, do, we'll negotiate a finder's fee. Yeah. So uh, yeah, everybody, thanks for uh, joining in. Uh, we're gonna get some wet dirt out here, do some riding, and hopefully, uh, you guys. Uh, what's what's Dennis? Dennis just commented nothing because yeah, it's dark. It it's, because it's dark up in Alaska. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, four hours of daylight they're getting right now. Oh, well, maybe four and a half actually. Solstice has passed. Oh, I would not enjoy that. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, Glenn, thanks for joining in. Of course, you know, you, you, were, you were close, pretty close to, to picking that up. Mm-hmm. A Joto, you end up liking them. Oh, Seamarsh, uh, good question. So he's talking about the CD Atojo boots. Yeah. I'm still kind of torn on them, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're, they're definitely lighter, n- no doubt about it, but they don't seem to have the same flex that the, the, the Crossfires do. So I, I don't, you know, it's funny. I almost wore them uh, the other day. I almost just put them on. Maybe I'll put them on tomorrow and just uh, kind of re, revisit that. So adidos, <laughs> adios. <laughs> so, um, right. yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, good seeing you. And uh, tequila, his tequila tonight is Trace Generations Plata. That's a, that's a good one. So, um Okay, hey, uh, one thing um, I'm I'm gonna mention uh, that for anybody that uh, was familiar with my father-in-law, uh, Ned McNabb, um, it's Heather's dad. He had passed away uh, last week, um, and so it's uh, kind of with the uh, heavy heart that uh, we had to say bye to Ned because he was uh, always an awesome guy to have uh, around. He used to he stayed out here a lot, and he would come in the studio and we used to have to tell him to quiet down because him and Bob would start having discussions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, dedicate this show to, to Ned and we'll put up a little banner on the end here. But, uh, yeah, cheers to Ned. We'll uh, see you out see on the trail. The trail.